three, two, one, and here we are. We are live. The our J and A podcast. Uh, welcome back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, man. Hey. Eh? Yeah, we're uh, falling behind here. Yeah, no, we're kind of off schedule. Everything we got busy. Thanksgiving end of the month all this other stuff just kind of rams up on everybody and uh hockey season started yeah that's super important that is the most important thing so um i think it's been fantastic because right now it's not the nhl scoring race it is the toronto maple leaf scoring (laughs) race right now so now we got to deal with leaf fans for yeah it's okay you know you come from montreal and you're you're coming to deal with the toronto boy this is how it goes man i'm sorry i know i'm getting used to it by now yeah it's, it's we're better. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> Excellent. So um, welcome back. So if you haven't been on the JNA podcast before, here we are. We talk about fitness mostly more than anything, but we talk about all ranges of um, what's going on in the world right now. And today we're really going to deep dive into what we call mobility. You, some of you guys might call it flexibility. You might call it how do I move? I feel old. Whatever. We're going to deep dive into that because there's a lot of different forms, especially what is mobility? How do I actually move? What is functional? What's not functional? What we call static? What's dynamic? We're going to look into all that kind of stuff and we're going to really kind of deep dive into it. So Jason, I think that's the biggest thing right now. Like, What is what is mobility when we look at it? Is that just how people move? Is it how they feel? Yeah, I think, it, I mean, mobility or flexibility is a very interesting term only because there's so many different ways to approach it um so most people will be like oh i'm not i know i'm not flexible because i can't touch my toes or i can't put my socks on like without you know having to sit down or like it's too my back's too tight and i can't reach and get my sock to my foot or i can't reach overhead without having to arch my back or something like that right so there's there's those are kind of where the concepts where we notice we're lacking range, mm-hmm. um, but where that restriction's coming from can be quite complex, believe it or not. So it's not just like, oh, my uh, back is tight. It's like, okay, well, there's a lot that contribute to a tight back, let's say, or you feel it tight there, but is that the stem or the root of the of the issue? Well, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing because, I mean, like, it's not, if somebody has a sore back, for example, as you said, a lot of times that could situate from a totally different area that's actually causing the issue. Uh, you look at even, like, shoulder pain, for example, could insinuate from the neck. There's a lot of different things that are happening. Okay, so people always go, okay, hey, I just feel old i am tight i am stiff i feel i can't move like is it essential like you say like touch my toes you know all these things are those essentials or is that just kind of like contributes to the whole fact well something like for example like can you touch your toes is that simply kind of like an indicator of if your posterior chain is restricted at some point somehow so it's it's interesting right like um if you want to get good at touching your toes, guess what you should probably try and do? Touch probably try to touch you your toes. Touch your toes, right? So it's there's it's, it's kind of an interesting way to think about it, right? Because, yeah, you might feel tightness in your hamstring or simply you're not really sure where you feel tight. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those that's how you can start to piece together, okay, where is the restriction actually coming from? Or 
Um, is it very specific or is it just like, I just can't, like my body's just not letting me get there. Um, now something like putting on your sock can come from, is it hip issue? Is it posterior chain? Is it shoulder? Is it like, why is that? Like, those are just instances where we notice that we're missing flexibility or maybe we wake up in the morning. We just, like you said, feel old, like everything just feels stiff and tight. Um, I think our body should have access to range in all kinds of planes, right? So you should be able to move your shoulder in a big, big range. You should be able to move your hip in a big range, ankle in a big range. If you're missing range of motion, then somewhere along the chain, you're going to create more restriction um, without even realizing it because your body will find a way to move, but maybe in a certain spot, let's say hypothetically, your ankle doesn't move really well. Well, that means when you walk, you're probably going to turn your foot outwards in order to still be able to walk. So the body will subconsciously find a way to get the job done. But over time, that can lead to knee issues, hip issues, back issues, shoulder issues, like simply because your ankle's not moving the way it's supposed to. So it's mobility and or and or flexibility kind of to me comes down to like four i i like to break it down to four sections they kind of intertwine with each other so i'll bring them back together but um first one we could an easy one to think of is simply muscle length so for example if my hamstrings are short uh then that's going to create tightness when i try to touch my toes let's say um if let's say uh like ladies that wear high heels on a regular basis well you're going to your calf is going to be short or your calves are going to be short. So that can, so that's, you're shortening the muscle on a regular basis. So when you try to create movement in other capacities, the restriction might be coming from those shorter muscles. So big one is we sit a lot as a society. So our hip flexors, they get short. Um, So then when we stand up, uh, what can happen is that the hip flexor muscles, mainly like your psoas will pull your pelvis into a, what we call an anterior tilt or a forward tilt, which uh, most people know is kind of like sticking your butt out. You create that excess arch in your low back um, and that can lead to issues upstream or downstream. So muscle length is one kind of thing that you need to consider. Um, Another one would be joint range. So we, our body works in alternating mobility stability segments. Uh, if you think about it, uh, your ankle should be very mobile. Your knee should be obviously be stable because it only moves in one one direction. Uh, your hip should be very mobile. Your lumbar should be stable. Your thoracic spine should be mobile, mm-hmm. right? Um, your shoulder girdle should be able to create stability. Your shoulder joint should be mobile. Elbow should be stable. Wrist should be mobile. Now, where issue and the three big ones that we need to consider are ankle, hip, and uh, thoracic spine, believe it or not. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, so if your thoracic spine is often stuck in what we call flexion or like rounded forward, uh, which most people are because we sit at computers and all that stuff all day, um, that can create an issue in your shoulders. Um, but basically, if you're missing mobility where you're supposed to have mobility, up or downstream, you can create issues there. Mm-hmm. So being able to, so identifying if you have access to range within the joint is really important. Now that can be broken down further into two parts. Um, is it bony restriction or is it soft tissue around the joint that's restricting it? So for example, um, like it's kind of hard to tell on your own, um, but usually if you know I put someone on the table and check their hip range, at the end of whatever range we're checking, so if we're checking like internal rotation, 
Does it feel like a hard like block end range, which would be bone on bone, or is it kind of a soft end range where the tissue around is restricting? But I could probably go a little bit farther. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, so it's basically the idea is like you're pushing, but it, you're stretching. It feels like your hip's gonna pop out, but it won't actually. You have yeah, I mean, like ranges. I think what happens is realistically, like why can't I go any farther mm -hmm. than where I'm at? And uh, if it's a bony restriction, so bone on bone or bone on bone, it ain't gonna move, right? Exactly. Like it's possible that the the bones just need some minor realignment, like create some distraction, like move the the like let's say your femoral head, like your your big leg bone in your hip socket, um, mm -hmm. like maybe it's just kind of pulled forward for whatever reason. So maybe we just need to create some movement in a different direction, which will give you a little bit more range. But most of the time, bone on bone end range is genetic like the way your bones are structured that's you're stuck there if it's a soft end range meaning we actually could go a little farther but the soft tissue around that joint is just so jammed up then that can that can be worked with um and then that kind of leads into the next the next couple things that i i like to consider when we're talking about mobility um something called neuromuscular inhibition that's a fancy word for saying uh Either typically we see this a lot where if someone has had let's say a hip injury so they did something to the tissue around their hip your nervous system senses pain and the body to a certain degree isn't stupid because if it knows pain happened there before it'll probably be more likely to really block range because it doesn't yeah. want it to happen again it'll like, stop it and say hey this was a bad thing we don't want to do it again correct yeah that's so that's kind of how your body reacts right um, if you've pulled your hamstring before well you might be your nervous system might stop you from accessing range that you actually have because it doesn't trust the fact that because once upon a time you pulled something mm -hmm. right so that's kind of how that neuromuscular that inhibition can happen without totally subconsciously it's just how your body works but there are ways to bypass that which is a whole other discussion but yeah I, and, and especially like those are things like we look at like fst stretching foam rolling those types of things is that what you're saying yeah or? so i think like for example a lot of inhibition can can be helped with um with some sort of pressure so whether it's so like uh, massage therapy massage therapy foam rolling uh vibration stuff like that those gotcha. things can help um and then you mentioned fst which is fascial stretch therapy um that was my fourth thing that i want to talk about and for those of you that don't know what fascia is can think of uh ever continuing spider web going through your body mm -hmm. it is a giant web that intertwines with your with your organs, with your muscle tissue, basically all through your entire body. Um, and that tissue, that webbing can get restricted. So sometimes it's not one muscle in particular, it's actually an entire chain of webbing that can get restricted. So okay. there's a, I'm hoping we can get one of our specialists to talk about FSD on its own mm -hmm. uh, or fascia in general. Yeah. But in, but what you do need to understand is, is having, uh, you have to consider long chains of, uh, range yeah. versus just like oh is it one muscle that's tight gotcha um, so because so it could be something from like let's just say and I'm giving a hard example being like if there's issues with the foot example like hey that's actually causing problems with your calf that's leading up into the hamstring and it's not allowing the hip to be functionally moving but the actual problem situated from the foot yep yeah that's very possible like for example uh, if you think like most people We've, I mean, we, we've mentioned it where it might be like your pecs are tight, which pulls your shoulders forward. 
But it could be like if you grab your shirt kind of right in the middle of your trunk and squeeze it and you'll see the, all the lines pulling mm -hmm. kind of on the shirt, that kind of how your front side of your webbing can kind of pull you forward. So it might not just be just your pecs or the front of your shoulder. Mm -hmm. It might be that entire fascia down the front yeah, side of your body. The sternum that's or whatever. Right? Yeah, everything that – just think of a massive web there, right? So if that gets restricted, that's going to pull everything forward over time. Yeah. So – um, yeah, fascia is a, a pretty fast. It's also the crazy part is is your nervous system or your nerves are intertwined with your fascia. So when we talk about that neuromuscular inhibition, if the nerves have sensed pain or discomfort or yeah, something, it will you lock move. your fascia. Yeah. So it's like, well, is it my fascia that's an issue, or is it, um, or is it my nervous system that's your an issue? Um, in the end, it's the answer is both. But then, how do you? bypass that and it's there are ways to teach your body to trust that range so just quick recap muscle length joint range neuromuscular inhibition and fascia length um, are kind of my four things you need to really consider when we talk about general mobility okay so let's let's back this up a little bit then so let's take our society which is very sitting based so let's take the example typical average human being they wake up in the morning, they lay in bed, they wake up, they go to a sitting position, they go in and eat their coffee or they eat their breakfast or they jump in their car right away, they drive and community or they go on a subway, whatever, right? In a sitting position, they walk to work. From there, they sit down in an office, they're always face forward on an actual computer, going from there into a sitting position, finish work, jump back into the car, go back on the train, going back into a sitting position and then come home, eat dinner, sit down, play with the kids, do whatever, but they've been in that contracted area that entire day. The human body was not designed for that, I'm assuming, right? We look at functional mobility was what we're looking for, right? So, like, how do you create that? Like, that, that in the atmosphere that we're at. Yeah, it's, um, well, that's the tricky part, right? We are, I think I've said it before on a podcast, we are creatures of the position we put ourselves in on a regular basis where our bodies are kind of like play-doh you put it in one position and leave it there it'll harden in that position mm -hmm. so um what we and then the, the issue is over time is when you need to do a movement where that requires bigger range yeah and your body just doesn't understand it so then that's when injuries can happen, uh, tweaks can happen, muscle tears, pulls, all that stuff can happen because the body is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm used to being shortened. My hips, my pelvis is used to being in this forward position. Um, and then all of a sudden you want to jump, mm -hmm. right? It's like, well, your body's not really ready for yeah, that. Yeah, it's not ready um, for and that. And the problem is, is when we're restricted in certain areas, Usually the opposite side of the body is long and weak. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of how our body works, these agonist antagonist muscles, right? So if, if let's say the front of my hip is really restricted, chances are my glutes are really weak and underactive. Um, that puts our structure in a pretty poor position, which means our, the muscles being used can't be used properly. Uh, so then, so, you know, whether, maybe you go to the gym or maybe you do some other activities, um, if you don't have access to range or, or an evenness front to back of the body, left to right of the body, whatever, if you're not even, um, then you're going to have a disproportionate type um, type of muscle use. And that in imbalance can lead to some issues over time for sure. Yeah. I wonder too, like I'm, I'm more curious to see if there's ever been 
I know we always hear about if there's an actual studies when we look at like mobility beyond culture. So like Western based society and like you to say even European, right? Where you go to places like Italy or England or whatever and people are walking around all the time, right? Where I feel again, Western, like especially Toronto, right? We do a lot of driving, we do a lot of subway commuting, sitting down in the desks and all that kind of stuff. Like I would love to see the if there was a study, if it was just like just based on mobility. Yeah, how you mobile know what? there's two cultures. That's a good point. I bet I haven't researched that particularly, but what I'd be interested to see is too is a lot of the European societies that you know, let's say their work is way more relaxed than let's mm-hmm. say a big city like we're in in Toronto. Um so people's stress levels in those areas are a lot less Way than less. what we have and stress alone can shorten you up yeah. can make you tight so you can get your if everyone knows that oh my god like i'm super stressed my my upper shoulders my traps get mm. super tight or my neck's tight or i get headaches or migraines or whatever um and believe it or not that can shorten your your pelvis can go into a weird position simply due to stress your body's yeah. reaction which then will put tension on your hamstrings shorten your hip flexors even more and you just create this like global tension simply from stress um being able to really understand how to relax um especially when you're trying to do mobility so if you try to if you try to do a stretch and hold your breath you're not going to get very far so when you do any sort of mobility you want to learn to kind of breathe through the mobility even movement like if you're doing strength work you still want to breathe you don't really want to hold your breath you know a little different if you're doing like a power lift or doing a one rep max or something that's you know that's kind of the 0.01% of people. But for the most part, like you want to learn how to breathe on a regular basis and that allows your tissue to actually move the way it's supposed to move. People don't think of it that way, but that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do is learn how to put their their torso in a really neutral position to allow breathing to be as optimal as possible, which will then allow the rest of the body to move the way it's supposed to move. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because like I always kind of look at it as like, the one of the best stress releases for me has always been martial arts training, right? So going jiu-jitsu, been stressed out, I go train and I stretch after and I go through the motions. And the with jiu-jitsu, there's a lot of joint manipulation where we have to yep. elongate and stretch and there's no choice, it happens. But after that, you just feel like a million bucks and you feel a lot more mobile. Yeah, so right? for, for you, that's kind of like your ability to relax. Um, that's yeah. your activity. Most people would find <laughs> mixed combat arts to be <laughs> yeah. uh, not the most relaxing But But it could be anything. Be. It could be like yoga, for example. Like yoga, the, the martial art against yourself. Right. right. Like, I mean, I think yoga, what's, what, when you go to yoga, um, if you're, you know, expect obviously the experienced ones can really just like tune out life mm-hmm. for that hour and being able to do that allows range to happen. To happen. Um, if you're trying to do a mobility session or a yoga class or something and you're still thinking about everything outside of that, yeah. you're not going to get as much out of it as possible, which is why yoga instructors often are trying to get people to just be with themselves. Don't worry about anything else. Like the, the good ones can really kind of get you to really calm and be in your own body and present at that time and not worry about anything else and then you'll get the most out of that session okay well you know what's going to help people relax what's that october 17th yeah (laughs) canadians anyway (laughs) no no it's okay um 
Yeah, no, I think that's a key thing. I mean, like stress is huge. I think when we look at it, like if you, if you're stressed out, you're not going to want to do what you want. And it's like, Hey, why am I going to put time towards what we're even talking about? Why am I going to feel mobile? I'm just not in the mood. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with a lot of clients that, you know, oftentimes they get recurring headaches or neck issues or shoulder issues, um, or back pain. Um, and you know, we'll either, I'll either refer them to a massage therapist, Cairo, any sort of practitioner that can help release but if they if the if we find out that the main source of their tightness is stress mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter how much soft tissue work we do it's just going to keep coming gonna back keep going. so it really comes down to like stepping back and looking at life and being like well what is stressing me out and how do i approach it and how do i help that mm-hmm. and in the end that would it's not going to permanently cure everything but it's definitely going to put you in a good position okay all right so let, let's talk about okay like like when should I be doing mobility-based training? I mean, how long should I be doing it if it's after a workout or whatever? I mean, like, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I look at mobility as like, that's kind of a daily thing. Like, you kind of have to do it every day, depending on what type of, like, stress you're putting on your body or how active you are. I mean, that's my opinion, but I don't know, what do you feel? Um, I always look at like, if I got pain in certain areas, those are things I need to address every day to get them to feel better. Yep. Like the thing is, is most people wait until they hurt somewhere Mm -hmm. uh, or they're achy to start doing that. But yeah, it's, I mean, ideally there's some mobility work done on a regular basis. Now, how, what that looks like, it could be dependent on the person. So, so, um, like if you're gonna, if you're a type of person that's gonna work out somewhere between four and six times a week, um, you're gonna want to do it before you work out. You want to a warm up, so literally get your no man, I jump warm. on the bar, that's just it. jump, on the, just jump on the bar. That's how you break yourself. <laughs> um, but what you want to do, make sure you do. Oh, time for that stuff. I don't have time for that. No warm ups. Don't listen to Aaron. Um, <laughs> So you want to create some sort of blood flow and, and thermal warm up right in your body. And then you want to create range at least specific to what you're going to do that day. So let's say you're doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Well, you know that you need a lot of range that day. Mm-hmm. If you try and go into that cold, you're going to be in potentially oh, a lot of, yeah, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So now at least, so if you know you're going to be squatting that day, well, you need your hips, ankles to be mm-hmm. very mobile before you start squatting yeah um if uh think of some other movements so if you're gonna do uh, give me some other movements that we can we can look if you're doing like bench press for example Mm -hmm. well maybe or push-ups or something like that well you need to make sure that your scap is moving properly your chest is your pecs are moving properly shoulders can understand how to move because if you go into that cold you're probably gonna end up rolling your shoulders forward more putting more stress on the tendons in your shoulder um so pre-workout you don't necessarily have to hold stretches for a prolonged period of time. Mm. Actually, you can potentially lose power by stretching for too long, yeah. holding static stretching yeah, for too long. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, you want more of a dynamic base. A little stuff. bit more dynamic. I mean, sometimes you can be active, actively static. What I mean by that is, let's say you're doing a kneeling hip flexor stretch. Mm-hmm. What you can do is, if you're trying to loosen up your right hip flexor, if you flex the right glute muscle mm-hmm. that will That'll allow the, the hip flexor to release a little bit so it's and you're only going to hold it for maybe like 30 seconds um anything they've you know researchers kind of shown that anything more than holding for a minute pre-workout you're actually going to lose out on power how would that happen uh it's just your muscles get too relaxed and okay. sometimes depending on what you're doing you want spring 
right? You want a little you bit want of to have tension, some right? elasticity, right? So you basically want to create dy typically dynamically. You want to create the range you're going to need for that upcoming activity, whatever it's going to be. Okay. At the end, hold on. And, I want to interrupt you for two seconds. Yeah. So what common thing going for a run? What would be like the the common things you look at there? Depends. It, uh, well, you need your ankle to be able to move. Obviously. Um, you need your uh, warming up before running is going to be important. Um, you want your hip to be able to move. Um, you want your thoracic spine to be upright. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, running, I mean, jogging is not a massive range of motion. Yeah. Uh, so for me. I hate jogging. Yeah, me too. Um, but for run, like you want to make sure your hips are open enough uh, because you want to make sure that at the end of each stride, your hip is actually extending and you're not just arching your low back. Gotcha. So most people, a lot of people that go for long jogs, their low back bothers them mm -hmm. after a certain amount of time, especially if they're not used to it. Um, it's often because their pelvis is still leaning forward as they run and that's just putting compression onto their low back over and over and over. Gotcha. Um, and that can, so like a jog, you just want to make sure you're, Glutes are awake, so you want to turn on maybe a little activation in the glutes. Uh, release, do some hip flexor release. Um, obviously, make sure your ankles move in the way it's supposed to. Calf. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think that would okay. be that would be one example. Um, and then after is when you can hold those static stretches. So um, one analogy I've I've kind of learned is like imagine you're mopping your floor with a traditional mop, and you don't let the mop hang to dry, right? So the bristles stay, let's say you just leave it in the bucket or leave it on the floor and mm -hmm. the bristles get intertwined. Well, when you go to mop the floor again, they're gonna be hardened in that position, right? So think of your muscle fibers similar to that, thing, right? Yeah. So if you don't create length, like basically reset the alignment because especially strength work will break down those muscle fibers, right? Which is kind of the idea behind yeah. it. Um, so that when they rebuild, they get bigger and stronger, whatever. But ideally they're more aligned. Um, so you will want to do some static stretching, at least for the main muscle groups that you worked on that day. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do, especially after I've had like a good workout is I'll go, and I have the access to it, a nice big sauna. And I will literally do all the stretches that I need to do for like a good 20, 30 minutes after my workout in that sauna. Yep. Yep. And so I, I sweat yeah, my ass wanna, off. Yeah, and exactly. I'm just there. I do my thing and there's people sitting around me and I don't care. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's fine. I think honestly, yeah, being able to like kind of mobilize in a warm environment or at least stretch while your body's warm will allow you to kind of realign those yeah, fibers to a certain degree. Um, you'll know uh, a good way to test if your fibers are doing well is when you foam roll. So if you take a roller mm, or a ball or whatever, healthy tissue doesn't hurt when mm -hmm. you roll on it, right? So uh, if you find some spot, let's say you're rolling on your quads, most people, especially on the outside of the quad, uh, a lot of people will start tearing up a little bit because yeah, it hurts so much. Like, God damn it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it can be pretty painful, but that's typically a sign that you just haven't managed those muscles, that muscle group mm -hmm. enough. Um, it's just one indicator of potentially that's that's what's happening. Yeah, right? that so, makes sense. So, but the more you are, your part of your workout is that stretch afterwards. Um, you're you're gonna alleviate some of that. Um, when it comes to foam rolling, there's some mixed reviews on it. Um, in the sense of like, when should I do it? How do I do it? This and that. This is my total personal opinion. I like 
sometimes I'll use a roller, more so a ball. And mm-hmm. if there's certain ones that certain ones like I know Hyper Ace makes one that that uh, that vibrates, so it brings blood flow to local areas. Um, so for myself, I know my hips. on a regular basis get restricted so before i'm gonna work out especially if i'm gonna squat or do something pretty dynamic at the hip i need to make sure the tissue is allowed to move Mm -hmm. so some people might say oh no just wait till after the foam roll to kind of realign those fibers but i find like especially the the small ones around joints i need personally i get a great response from loosening those up before working out yeah um and then after doing that then i go into my dynamic warm-up Oh, yeah. That's kind of my take on it, and then at the end, stretching and foam rolling would be a pretty good, pretty good way to go, just to make sure those fibers are set up for the next day, and it'll reduce soreness the next day, which is always good, uh, especially if you do like a heavy leg workout or whatever. Um, you want to be able to walk downstairs and sit down the next mm-hmm. day without pain, so you can minimize that by taking care of your uh, muscles. Yeah, it's about removing the lack of gas out of those muscle areas. Right? It's I, I think it has there, there's some new new evidence to show that. Lactic acid is a bit of a tricky one. Um, I would say more to really kind of take care of the tissue more so okay. than the acid that's within the muscle. Group. All right. Um, there's yeah that whole yeah the lactic acid is a, a bit of another ball game. But essentially, um, you want to just put those fibers back in alignment as best you can. Create mm-hmm. the length so that they don't shorten up too much uh, during the repair process, so that you can move the next day and be ready for your next workout essentially all right cool all right um okay i think that's all the time we got for today however next episode we're definitely going to expand on this a little bit more especially when we talk about mobility but then that fascial especially that we were talking about we have a special guest for you for that episode uh so make sure you guys tune in because that's going to be exciting so we can really kind of understand this web of tissue that we've been talking about and why it screws us up and how can we like make changes throughout it and not be in pain or get more mobile let's how, how do we get back to where we should be that's yeah. really the whole thing i agree and i'm gonna make one more point because we did actually have a question uh funny enough from my sister uh she asked does stretch would mobility and, and stretching work alleviate pain at a joint so let's say your knees are achy uh, or um, your shoulders achy or whatever, will mobility help that? Um, probably. Uh, usually if a, if a joint is achy and there's no necessarily dance, so let's say like the tendons around your knee are okay, like or the ligaments around your knee are okay. So mm-hmm. like your, your, there's no issue with your meniscus. There's no issue with your ACL or anything like that. If you're getting achy knees, usually it's because the tendons are getting pulled on by the muscle attached to them. By whatever. So if you, if, Oftentimes, like the patellar tendon, so patellar tendonitis is a very common term mm-hmm. that we hear. Usually, it's tight quads. Usually, yeah. So you release the, the quads, point, right? release the quads, balance out your legs from front to back. So make sure your hamstrings and your quads are kind of at they each get their own strength work and their their right. each mobility. You're probably going to relieve a lot of that stress. So, yeah. short answer is yes, mobility can help with achy joints. Okay, for sure. That was all I wanted to touch on. So that. She, she, yeah. make sure she gets her question yeah, yeah, answered yeah no 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 absolutely 100% no sorry I jumped I got on that one all it's all good alright guys so thank you very much and we will catch you next week we'll be back on track and on schedule and uh, we'll keep you updated and stay tuned for our next guest alright guys have a good one thank you